to you live from the Rocky Mountain Home Haunter Studios. This is Haunting You. I'm Keone Hutton. I'm Leslie Reed. But where is John Schultz? He appears to be lost, but we are unsure how permanent this will be. Indeed. And in fact, if you liked my intro as opposed to John's intro, please let us know so that we can tell him he doesn't need to come back. I don't mean that. Don't really say that. It will crush him forever, and we want him to come back, and we love him and miss him and all of those things. But... He is not here with us tonight, and it is very unfortunate. However, it is for the best of possible reasons. It is. We are happy to welcome his new child into the world and into our Haunting You family. John's wife just delivered a healthy baby boy a few days ago, and we are so, so very excited for both of them. The little guy is just absolutely adorable. Very, very adorable and very angry looking as well, which given his parentage particularly his father, not totally surprising. His father's not a morning person either. <laughs> I mean, but, I'd be angry too. <laughs> I was angry. Let, let's face it, I, I was a very angry child, so I, I get it. I, th- I think we were all angry in our first couple of days. It's just a, I have to imagine, very jarring experience to, you know, be born. But the baby is healthy and doing well. Um, we were hoping that he would end up being a Halloween baby and not quite. He was, he was about a week late to be a Halloween baby, but that honestly was probably for the better since he ended up being like three weeks early anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's doing healthy. The doctors are taking very good care of him and mommy and uh, making fun of daddy, which we appreciate given that you know covid doesn't allow us to be there celebrating with them at least somebody is giving him crap yep and we're giving him as much crap as we can via text although it certainly is not the same indeed indeed so if you want to give john crap please feel free to drop him a line via any of our social media on facebook at facebook.com slash haunting you twitter at haunting universe one Instagram at Instagram.com slash Haunting University or even DMing us via Podbean at uh, HauntingU.Podbean.com. You can send your own crap to John and make him feel uh, the joys of being a new parent. As well as, you know, make him feel loved and missed because we do miss him from our podcasts. Um, He really is an integral part of what we do. And without him, Kay and I have a tendency to drone on and forget where we're going and get sidetracked onto much more irrelevant things and never actually get back to what we were supposed to be talking about in the first place. You sly dog! You got me monologuing! The ironic part is Leslie and I are both introverts, and yet when you get us talking about things that we are passionate about, like costuming and makeup and Halloween and building and engineering and all of these things that we love, we can just monologue for hours with uh, particularly if there's no one there to stop us and thank god john is normally here to stop us because this podcast may go on forever without him and he also stops us when we start getting way too technical and reminds us that we are doing this for home haunters and people who are getting into haunting not for people who've been doing it for as long as we have so he really truly is our reality check he is he is a (laughs) extremely valuable member of the team and we miss him and if uh things start going crazy in this podcast and you don't appreciate where it's going blame john and tell him to come back because clearly we 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 need need him him. but yes so that being said we miss john he is not going to be here uh, and so you are just going to have to put up with me and leslie for the next hour or so 
by ourselves, unsupervised. We're, we're, we're mostly sorry. In our defense, <laughs> we were unsupervised. It's not our fault. Exactly. Exactly. But it has been a crazy month. So we had been putting out two podcasts a month, uh, which for us is pretty impressive because prior to that, we had been lucky if we got one podcast a month. So we had <laughs> ramped up in the preparations for Halloween and things were going awesome. And then we got into Halloween itself. And we and had things no... went even more awesome. <laughs> things did. Things went absolutely freaking fantastic but we could not get another podcast out because we were so busy running sanguine creek estates so we took a break over halloween and now we are happy to be back into it and uh and getting getting back into a regular schedule again but i want to spend the next hour talking about how awesome the 2020 season ended up going and what uh how we did what we learned from it and then maybe we'll spend a little time talking about what we want how we want to spend the next year getting ready for halloween 2021 as well may so be covid free god may it be covid free because if we have to do another halloween like this i am going to be just like i will be going bald from pulling all of the hair out of my head like <sighs> so you'll look like your brother i will then look like my brother <laughs> quick quick side story so i've mentioned i'm in the coast guard and just recently got promoted which was very exciting we are very proud of you thank you appreciate it but my brother uh he's in the navy we have a very nice coast guard navy rivalry going <laughs> but anyway so he comes and to the promotion so he can he can pin me on and so he gets to talking with my boss and my co-workers and people kept asking if he was the older brother <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious for the record he is not the older brother he is three years younger than me uh but i have a full head of hair because i got my mother's gene and he has the receding hairline uh, because he got from dad's side. Uh, so he lo <laughs> he looks older and uh, well, he also I has a voice that's about six octaves lower he, than yours. That is also true, but I don't Which think that has, has to do with age anymore. School. Exactly, he has Which had that since been, high school. That's been the funniest thing ever. <laughs> like I need to get his I need to get him to record something because his you voice do. is perfect for voiceover work for Halloween. <laughs> but anyway, so we had a super exciting, fun-filled, fear-filled, thoroughly, God, I'm exhausted, haunt season that started right about the time we released our last episode. So if you listened to our previous episode, I want to say 32, Leslie can fact check me. Uh, check away. You know that we were recording that the day before we were going to open Sanguine Creek Estates. We ended up opening every Friday and Saturday in October, or rather the last four Friday, Saturday weekends in October. We missed the first one. And we decided to do a food drive for the Southern Maryland Food Bank. And we ended up bringing in over 700 pounds of non-perishable food that we are donating to the southern maryland food bank tomorrow and that result just freaking blew me away i could not believe how excited people were to get in on this not even just how excited they were but truly thank you so much to everybody who came out and everybody who brought food to donate because again this is 
you know, we love our, we love Halloween. We love what we do, but the, the ability to give back to our local community really makes it that much better. And to have such an outpouring of support it, it warmed my heart. With our haunt. It, it was just, it's just wonderful. It was, it was so, so wonderful to, to, to get, to get those updates every weekend of, of how much, you know, all of you, all of our listeners and, and everybody in the Maryland area who came out brought to, to make sure that, you know, the, the Southern Maryland food bank had what they needed. And yeah. that we were able to, 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 to help provide that. It's, it was, it was very, very exciting. And yes, it was episode 32. Perfect. I'm glad. Thank you for fact checking. We <laughs> we here at Haunting You believe in only telling real facts, not alternate facts. But we're not going to get political. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indeed. But anyway, so last podcast we uh, right after we released the podcast, we opened uh, for our first night, and we ended up doing the drive-by haunt that uh, that we had been planning. It. So I built a crypt facade. And in the door, um, the crypt facade was like 15 feet tall, 14 feet wide, and had a six foot, a little more than six foot wide arched door in the middle with a gate. And into that gate, I put a piece of scrim, and we projected our ghosts onto. So we had four ghosts that would pop up and tell their stories, carefully voice actored by uh, some of your favorite Haunting You hosts. And we recorded... So we recorded ourselves telling the ghost stories and then cut that audio over the audio of um, these professional ghost animations. So it took some from uh, from Atmos FX, who happens to be one of our sponsors, from... Spectral Illusions? No, I didn't cut over any no. of theirs. Uh, from okay. Outrageous Media was the other one that I stole the ghost from. And so if you're looking for cheap ghosts, uh, check out Outrageous Media because they were... I got what I paid for, but they worked. And ultimately, that's all that matters. Which ghost was from Outrageous? I forgot their real names. The ghost that John voiced. Oh, okay. The Revolutionary War soldier. Okay. What's his name? Thackeray? Uh, yeah, I think that's Thackeray. I think it's Thackeray, too. And then um, the first, the adult woman that you voiced. Oh, Catherine. Charity. That's Catherine. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. No, Charity. Charity, Charity. Yeah, Catherine's the kid. Yeah, Catherine's the kid, exactly. Um, yeah, so the, the first two ghosts we got from Outrageous Media, the final two ghosts we got from Atmos FX, and then I threw a Spectral Illusions Spectre in there as well, uh, just, you know, for some, break things up a little, make, make it fun. But so people were able to drive by, they could see this. Uh, the crypt was centered in our graveyard. We had all of our tombstones set up. The, uh, every tombstone, not every, I had a few store-bought, but most of the tombstones were uh, custom-made by us and uh made and out of us he means him indeed <laughs> but custom made Again, it was you know john and i would absolutely be there helping except he's in maryland and we are not so i, Kay I missed did you all of the builds by himself with input of how cool it looked from john and i via text <laughs> i missed you guys really did especially uh, well, at I, halloween I night helping. i really missed helping i mean i helped i helped build arkham. our arkham like i was over there every saturday or every friday and a, and a handful of saturdays it's a great thing to do on my furlough days. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Helping build Arkham, so it, it's I miss it. We'll get you back. We'll get you back. Yep. Yeah, but anyway, so we had all the tombstones out that had the names and dates and uh, a little epitaph talking about how they died. 
but those were the ghosts that ended up in in the crypt telling their stories and so people could come up they would see the graveyard i got this really kick-ass uh ground fogger that was just so perfect even when there was a breeze if it was more than a breeze it was a problem but the breeze got the got the smoke really rolling across the ground and it looked so freaking cool Uh, yeah you do have to ice it but it has an ice tank built in so you don't need a separate one it's all it's nice and compact you don't have to Jerry rig something trying to to get everything to ice so the fog drops. Exactly, and and it nice. it worked out so freaking cool. So people could drive by, look in, park, uh, and then tune the radio of their car and hear the ghost stories into their car. And then of course they could appreciate all the other animations we had going. There were singing jack o' lanterns going. We had Atmos FX's Halloween Moon up on the roof, which is one of my personal favorites. We had spectral loot. So I did a projection mapping onto the garage of the house. Uh, and we had sp- like spectral illusions. Ghostly Hearst was uh, driving through the garage. We had, you know, specters trying to push themselves out through the, like break through the walls. It, I think it turned, it turned out so much better than I thought it was going to. And even though I always feel like we're running out of time, I was very, very happy with how it turned out. Those videos, I'm working on cutting together a video right now from all the different pieces that I took on Halloween night. And so we will have that up on our social media uh, so that you could, everyone who is not in the Maryland area can see what we put together and uh, and how we did. Oh, you talk for a second. I need a drink. <laughs> so with all of that, you know, again, we really had, for, for it being COVID, for it being you know, socially distance haunt, um, for having to change our, our plans, you know, three, four months, um, before Halloween, it really turned out to be just a, a good year, um, despite everything or in spite of everything. Yes. So it really shows to me and, and hopefully to, to your listeners and to everyone who came out that, you know, our, our haunting you methodology of how we plan and design our haunts um, really does lend itself to being able to make changes on the fly to accommodate um, what's going on either in reality or in your haunt. It really does show that, you know, what what we're doing and what we're talking about has has a great effect when put into practice well said Les. well said (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we tried a whole bunch of new things this year that we had not done before all in an effort to try to make the well to try to make weenies honestly yeah we we definitely we needed you know with it being fully drive-by with kind of your your house location we needed weenies we needed lots and lots of weenies and so Sorry, John, you're not here. We had to talk about weenies. <laughs> you're not here to stop us from talking about weenies. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, definitely go back and look at episode 10 where we talk about micro haunts. Weenies are what the Walt Disney, well, Walt Disney himself, used to talk about or used to call visual magnets. And that's something that draws the guests' eye and ideally draws them and draws the guest uh, to come and take a closer look. So if you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, uh, the best 
example of the weenie is the castle in the center um, anywhere in the park you can see where the castle is it helps you orient yourself and it will always draw you back to that central hub to get anywhere else you need in the park and if you look around each of the individual lands in the park also have some sort of weenie so splash mountain splash um, mountain the haunted mansion yep uh, sp- uh tower of no not tower tower um well, Tower of Terror is a weenie in California it is a Adventure. Weenie in California. Um, Space Mountain. Yep, Space Mountain. Exactly. So you've got the idea. So it, but, it's, it's the big thing that draws your eye, uh, grabs your attention, and makes you want me. You know, it's 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 the thing that makes more. the t- <laughs> makes the six year old look at it, point, and go, oh, oh, and then start running off as you sit there and go, oh crap, I didn't leash my child today. Exactly. And so because it was going to be a drive by, we had to have lots of weenies that were smack you in the face, obvious, because minute detail is just not going to translate from the house all the way out to the road. So we went big. We had the skeletons crawling up the side of the house. We had the projection mapping all over the garage. We had the projections up high where everybody can see it uh, from anywhere in the cul-de-sac, all in that effort to capture people's attention, make them want to learn more. And then the important stuff we positioned way out by the in front by the road so that it was as close to the guests as it could possibly be while still allowing for several cars to be lined up uh, safely, key, star, asterisk, stomp, stomp, <laughs> uh, safely lined up, parks listening with, to what's happening so that we could uh, get in a, a reasonable amount of throughput. So, and the other thing too, you know, with with having as many of them as we as we did, is you know we're we're running this with multiple cars, you know they're going to be sitting there for you know, ten to twenty minutes depending on how long they want to listen to the stories, whether they want to listen to them twice, um, and one of the, the other things is is you know okay you're listening to it you want to have other things for them to be looking at yes. so it's not just a one sensory input you know. It's it's like an I spy puzzle where oh let's look for all of these things oh did you see that oh did you look at this you know yes. especially with yes. young kids they're all gonna see something different and then they're gonna be excited and then they're gonna want to share and they can be like oh oh brother 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 did you see the pumpkins did you see the pumpkins and the brother's like oh no I missed the pumpkins I was looking at the skeletons so you start to get that you know by by having so many things um, going on over a large area such as your yard and, and your house, you really are able to build up all of these things to be engaging uh, for a longer period of time. And, and, and more than that, I hope, I don't know if this happened or not because uh, drive-by, but I hope that it encouraged people to come back because there was so much to see. You could see something else the next time you see it. There's always something else. There's always some other detail that you missed that you can catch when you come back and see it again. Yeah. And it, it's definitely something, you know, if we do, you know, as as we start discussing for next year, if we are looking at potentially having a similar type Halloween, maybe talking about doing um, a few more stories and rotating them out. So yeah. you might yeah. only hear these four stories this time, but you might hear these other stories Another night, and and again to kind of that encourage that repeat, encourage the the variety. Exactly. Uh, hold that thought. I want to come back to that okay. when we start talking about next year. Ah. But but nice foreshadowing. 
So what went well this year? Well, I think the ghost stories were an absolute hit based on the reactions that we got or and based on the number of people who came out and were coming out from like we had people who were driving over an hour to come see us. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I've got to say, I don't think I would have driven an hour to come see us. <laughs> But it really meant a lot to me when I was talking to people like, hey, we came down from Prince George's County, borders on D.C. I'm like, that's what I commute every day. You drove an hour to get here? Thank you. <laughs> I, can't, I, I appreciate that. I, thank you for making the effort. But how do you draw that many or how do you draw people from that far away? And it is, all comes down to advertising. I think our advertising campaign ended up being extremely effective, more so even than I had expected it to be. So we had a I'm going to call it three tiered advertising campaign to get the word out. The first was you're listening to it. We have been talking about Sanguine Creek Estates here on ha Haunting You for you know the last year and so i hope i don't know for sure because i didn't talk to anyone i hope that some of you listeners uh were intrigued by what we were doing and wanted to come out and see the results and so that that was the really the first tier of our of our advertising campaign the second tier which i think was significantly more effective was our yard signs we actually spent the money to go get professionally made uh, yard signs that you like stake in the ground, like picture the Biden or Trump signs that you have seen everywhere for the last several months. Something like that. One, you know, that sign that you stick in the ground and it's just there. But anyway, we've got enough of those that I could put them all the way out to the nearest major road to guide people in. Drive by Haunted House, dusk to 9 p.m., Friday and Saturday, big fat arrow saying go that way. Simple, effective, and a couple of lessons learned from, from building those signs. You know, they're not very big. And the uh, the size of the letters that we made probably were not big enough. If you were driving past them, it was uh, very hard to pick out the, the details. If you already knew what it said and were just following the arrows, it was perfect. So when we go to make those again, I think less words, larger words, maybe more color, um, but I loved having the Sanguine Creek Estates logo on there because it uh, tied back to our third arm of our campaigning, which was the online. Come back to that in a moment. But these yard signs did a pretty good job of grabbing people who just happened to be driving by and like, huh, I wonder what that is. And they turn and come and check us out. We, I could see all through the day uh, people just coming down, stopping at the top of our cul-de-sac, taking pictures. And hopefully many of them came back later that night to see what was happening. Second arm of our advertising campaign, those yard signs, extremely effective and relatively inexpensive as well. Uh, I shopped around. Home Depot, no, sorry, not Home Depot, Office Depot was asking like 30 bucks a piece for them. Uh, I found a local sign maker who would do them for 25 a piece, and that was the best price I could find. Uh, so shop around, but definitely well worth the money to uh to put those out because it was extremely effective well, again it, it's all about visibility it's all about you know you can't just hope that you know everybody who you want to be able to come see it is going to just drive around until they find it like, you, you do need to give direction you do need to be like hey this is happening social media is a great way to do things but you know you will get people who are just driving around but if they don't know that there's something down this street to take a look at they're not going to bother to check it out so if you've got a sign up at the top of your street or at the beginning of your neighborhood um it's it's absolutely worth it 
Uh, exactly. And it, I will say it does. It very much depends on the kind of street that you live on. I live in a relatively rural area uh, tucked back at the end of cul-de-sac and heavily wooded area. And so there is no chance in hell someone is going to randomly see it unless they make a wrong turn. If I lived in, say, uh, you know, downtown Portland, just because I love uh, the mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest and there are a ton of haunts in the Portland area uh, where people are driving by all the time, probably don't need as much advertising because there are people all around that are seeing it just in their regular commute, just in their regular driving around town. But if you live in a more rural area like I do, you have to get the word out uh, and cast okay. a wider net. And even in, you know, like where I live, you know, it's pretty suburban. It's a little bit out of the way. Um, it's kind of a, a good mix, but we're, we're pretty, pretty suburb here. Um, I live one street off of a main drag. So if I had something on my roof, you might be able to see it from the main road, but even then it might just be somebody being confused. So I would still want to be advertising off of that main road to be like, Hey, come over here. It's super easy. Um, so even, even when you do live in an area that has a fair amount of traffic or, you know, my roof can be seen from the main road, being able to direct people and, and then have them know that this is not just a, your house is on fire, but this is actually something cool to go look at. Um, I saw a couple of Facebook posts where people actually did have really cool fire effects to the point where they had the fire department called on a handful of occasions to come out because it looked so real. Um, and that's that's another thing that's that's really really cool about what people have done this year. They really have gone all out to 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 accommodate haunting during COVID. Yeah, yeah. I saw my fa- one of my favorites was someone put a gigantic toilet in their front yard and had a couple skeletons dumping the letters 2020 in it. Nice. I thought my it was neighbor, hilarious. I, my neighbor, I I really I wish I'd gotten pictures um, of some of these and I I, I didn't. But they had an old um, barbecue setup, old girl setup, and they had a skeleton standing in front of it and didn't think much of it. And then I realized I'm like, they're barbecuing a skeleton on the grill. <laughs> it was fantastic. Awesome. I loved it. Awesome. it the, the, some of the some of the displays I saw just in my neighborhood were just delightful. Yeah. And we actually do have a guy um, in our neighborhood that did set up a, a pretty good home haunt. Like he had a few things set up um, beforehand, but then. Uh, on the 31st he was setting up a pretty big pretty big thing and getting lighting and all sorts of stuff set up so awesome i hope i wish you had gotten pictures you totally could have shared them on, I know, on our social I media know. uh but anyway so our the third arm of our advertising campaign was of course social media i don't think there's really any way to get around the effectiveness of social media right no. now <laughs> it's it's if you're not oh, advertising on social media you are missing out on a lot of potential customers yeah and and it's not even just right now i mean this so whether you love it or hate it social media is here to stay yeah barring giant giant change up (laughs) social media is here to stay this this is the way that you are going to reach the largest number of people for the least amount of dollars and that's what it is so yeah. I mean, honestly, find a way to work with it. So I used, I primarily used Facebook for uh, our social media advertising, although we had stuff on Twitter and and uh, Instagram as well. But Facebook is the one that I personally am most comfortable with. Um, John handles our Twitter and and Instagram accounts, whereas I handle the Facebook account. 
But so I am a member of, I think, five or six local groups for my county and my city and my the the whole the southern maryland area so there's like buy and sell groups and there's one called the open mic where people for the most part have been posting political rants but it it's just it's an open mic for everybody to say whatever uh next door is another one that i was using uh and just everything that i could find for uh, that reaches my local neighbors, and you know, loosely, defer- loosely defining the term neighbor to like a 50 mile radius, give or take. You know, I would just on our Facebook page. Well, I would post links to our Facebook page. Hey, we're doing a food drive uh, and drive by haunt. Come check us out. Here's the information. Check out our Facebook page for more information, and then set up events on our Facebook page so that. Uh, people could like I'm interested in this event and it would remind them hey this is coming up go check it out and or for I, them to share with their friends and family be like hey look at this do you want to do this um, this sounds really really cool let's, exactly let's try and coordinate this exactly so like Halloween night I had a three car caravan show up of trick or treaters uh, three different families who were, were all like hey this sounds cool let's go check it out. And so they came in, they came in and enjoyed and got lots of candy because not enough people came on Halloween. We'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, so that was our three prong approach. And obviously not everyone has a podcast they can advertise on, but those yard signs, super effective. Social media, super effective. If you can find a way to, um, talk about the cool things you're doing, uh, on your local TV or radio stations. The Northwest Haunters Association had a couple of people who were very successful in getting their local news to cover what they were doing for COVID, human interest story, something they were interested in, and it gave them a lot of free publicity. Worked out really, really awesome. If you can find a way to do that, like if you're doing a food drive, then that might be an easy way for you to get your word out as well. So that is some of the things that made... 2020 work really well for us despite all of the challenges we chose a venue or a a mode of communication that we could do socially distance and uh, still keep people safe and all you know lower the possibility the chances of a infection and then we got the word out and then we gave people a reason to come and i have to be honest i did not even think about doing like a food drive or anything else until I don't know three or four days before opening and (laughs) what how it really came about was kind of selfish I was trying to think of a way to help us track how many people were coming to see the haunt and without you know having to sit out there with my little clicker counter thing I didn't have a really good idea on how to do that. I had the thought of like getting one of those road uh, counter things where you stick the rubber tube across the road and every time a car rolls over it, it will it'll count. Those are fun. They are fun. They only cost like $300, uh, but they had a six-week lead time, and I'm like, well, I should have thought about this six weeks ago. Oh, I thought they'd be more expensive. Right? Like, that's totally within our budget. And I'm totally thinking about getting one for Christmas. Come back to that. But anyway. Yeah, I think you should. But anyway. I um, ordered that now. Yeah, I know, except I just blew all my money on a coffin box. (laughs) (laughs) 
but priorities, anyway, man. Priorities. Prior. I will. We'll come back to that. Um, but anyway, so I was <laughs> this like, "This is why we need John." <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need John. Can't stay focused. <laughs> Damn it, John. Anyway. <laughs> So we were trying to think, I was trying to think of a way to track the number of people coming and what better way than collecting tickets? Well, I'm not going to stand out there collecting tickets, but if somebody leaves something, ooh, what could they leave? Well, it's out in the weather. What if they left cans of food? (gasps) I wonder if there's a food bank nearby. (gasps) There is a food bank nearby. Hey, can you accept bulk donations? We can't accept bulk donations. Great. Is there anything that you specifically need? Here's all the stuff we use to advertise that you can <laughs> use for your advertising. Oh, my gosh. This is working out so perfectly. It's almost like it was preordained. But seriously, so, I mean, it came out of kind of a selfish reason trying to figure out how many people were coming to visit the haunt. But it ended up being such a great way to bring the community together in the midst of all this fear, in the midst of all this angst, in the midst of all this God knows what the last six or seven months have been. It was an excellent opportunity for people to get out, enjoy the holiday, and do something kind for their neighbors. And it and, and it just ended up being a huge hit. But that ended up leading to some of our greater challenges of the year. And, well, the number one thing that I did not anticipate was traffic control. <laughs> there, uh, like I mentioned, we are... You do live on a cul-de-sac. Thank God we live on a cul-de-sac, but because we live on a cul-de-sac and in a relatively rural area and surrounded by trees deep in a forest, not really, but it kind of looks that way sometimes. But we... I, yeah, I never imagined that we would get the kind of turnout that we did. And so there were first weekend, everything went, I think, really smoothly. We brought in like 60 pounds of food the first night, 100 pounds of food the second night. um, And it was all fairly well controlled. We had a decent stream of cars coming kind of consistently, four cars in the cul-de-sac at a time. I'm like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we, what I had in mind. The weekend before Halloween, oh my God. I could not believe how many people came out the Saturday before Halloween Saturday, like a week before Halloween. And that night, my collection bucket was filled to overflowing and there was stuff stacked on the side as well. Every time I looked out, there were eight, nine, ten cars out in the cul-de-sac and one person it only takes one one person instead of driving around the circle of the cul-de-sac and stopping in front of the house to take pictures and enjoy the stories no they pulled in perpendicular to the house parked (laughs) to watch leaving their lights on shining on the house and ruining all of my lighting effects by the way but because one person parked everyone else is like oh we can park. Too. I'm supposed to park. And so we ended up with eight or nine cars lined up all the way from the crypt, all the way across my entire front yard, not in the grass, but like in the street in front of my front yard, all the way blocking my neighbor's driveways, two of them. <laughs> oh, how with, much did your neighbors hate you this year? So much. So And I, I need to go like take them a bottle of whiskey or something as a peace offering. <laughs> but because one person 
made a bad choice. It screwed up the flow for the entire night because even though that one person left, as new people were coming, they see the row of cars parked and they just started taking parking spaces as they were vacated. And it took almost the entire night for enough people to clear out that it it corrected itself. But it took about an hour and a half and we were only open for two hours that night. So traffic control was something i did not anticipate and if i and when i intend to do this again i think setting up uh cones with arrows saying go this way around the circle um dim your lights at this point and then on their way back out don't forget to turn your lights back on there's no (laughs) way they'll forget to turn their lights back on they will not be able to see anything because we have no lights oh oh do not make that bad (laughs) fair point fair point but anyway, so um, traffic control ended up being a significant problem and something that we need to plan for better and will need to plan for better in the future. Especially if on, well, I mean, we'll need to do that whether we're doing drive-by or whether we're doing walk-up. Yes. You walk-up, then you definitely have to plan for. Yes, we need to plan for parking, parking. exactly. And so... Um, that was just an unanticipated challenge that now we know we need to plan for, and we will probably have to do like an episode on um, traffic management. <laughs> oh man, all because of one. I mean, it was awesome though. Like, I was counting that night. We had at least 120 cars come through. It was in two hours. Like, it was absolutely freaking insane. So what else uh, did not go quite to plan beyond? Well, the fog machine did not last quite as long as I expected it to, specifically the ice in it. You know, fog is fairly warm, and so what it does is it goes through this ice chamber and uh, cools itself, and so when it's cold, it comes out and it sits low. Um, It doesn't fly off because it's colder than the air. Well... Anyone who knows anything about basic thermodynamics, in order to make the fog cold, it has to get that, or it has to give up its heat to something, and it's giving it up to the ice in the cooler. And so it took about an hour to melt all of the ice in the cooler. And so halfway through the first night, all of the fog wasn't laying low anymore. It was flying off in all directions, which honestly, not a bad thing. Still looked really cool, but it wasn't the effect that I wanted. How insulated was the ice compartment from the motor of the fog machine it's not it's not the motor that was providing the heat it was just the fog that was going through the ice chamber and in order to chill the fog it has to give up its heat and it gives it up to and so the ice melts much more quickly than i thought i just i know how hot fog machines can get so i wasn't sure if there was too much heat carryover into the ice um, compartment and if you heat shielded the motor or the ice compartment better if the ice could last a little bit longer. Honestly, I don't know. It may be, it may be something to look into. I I did not look that deep. I just found it easier to <laughs> refill the ice halfway in. through the night. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's an easy way out. We'll, we'll fix the engineering issues later. <laughs> yes, when, when you're in the midst of the production, you have you just have to solve the problem at hand. You can't start engineering. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can, but then the then the show gets people, ruined. Well, it's all about it, it's all about time. It's all about time, and we did not have the time at the moment. 
But anyway, uh, so that that was a really good lesson learned as well. Just keep extra ice on hand and be ready to run out and dump ice in a bucket. Plan for running out and dumping ice in the bucket. Exactly. <laughs> I did see some interesting ideas about using dry ice instead of regular ice. Didn't get an opportunity to try it, but it would be interesting to see if it lasted any better. Huh. I mean, I, that's an interesting one because you've got the dry ice is already sublimating. So is yes, that going to add to it or is it going to get too cold? I also wouldn't do dry ice until your boys are just a wee bit older. <laughs> Understand? I, don't I, touch. There is that. <laughs> yeah, but it'll, it'll be something interesting to play with uh, either in the off season or next or next year. We'll see. And then uh, another lesson learned. So original, the first, yeah, that first weekend, I had a couple instances of people uh, parking, getting out of their cars, going to take pictures. Great. I love it. That's exactly what I want you to do. But they started walking through the graveyard. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, I have wires running everywhere. Every single gravestone had its own flickering candle light, uh, so it looked like, um, you know, a candle was shining on it. But And so there's wires running all over for that. I have projectors in the graveyard for, like, the Special Illusions Haunted Tombstone. I have all of my audio cable running through because I have speakers spaced periodically throughout the graveyard so that if people get out of their cars, they can still hear what's going on. Uh, it's the same audio that's being piped via the FM transmitter. But there are wires freaking everywhere. Not to mention the fog machine, power. Yeah, it was not set up for people to walk through. And so that's the next Saturday, uh, I'm building cemetery fences to (laughs) keep people out. Cemetery fence and super, super simple cemetery fence. You know, it's just made with three quarter PVC pipe uh, and one by twos drill hole. We drilled. uh, holes every eight inches and then put a single screw in um, through the one by two into the pvc pipe to hold it there spray painted the whole thing black i bought a bunch of plastic fake finials off a guy on facebook i have too many of them i will be selling them after i'm done building all the rest of my fences uh, so i'll be putting up for sale you put the... skulls on top i did put skulls on top more skulls on top i put skulls on some of them and then i put finials on all the rest Put the shrunken head on the finial. Heads on I don't. Spikes. I don't have. I don't have shrunken heads. Why not? No excuse, ma'am. Okay. Okay. We'll shrunken heads, and you can put them on spikes. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, so um, cemetery fencing, super effective way of uh, helping with crowd control, not traffic control, but crowd control, and it completely fits with the theme. Did an excellent job of adding atmosphere while keeping people safe from tripping over my expensive props. <laughs> Always a good thing. Yep. And again, this is where, you know, <laughs> you can't plan for everything. And despite all of our best efforts and our knowledge of humanity, we can't plan for humanity. That so... is the <laughs> truest statement that has ever been uttered on this show. <laughs> you can't Be... plan for humanity. Cannot plan for humanity. You can just put their heads on spikes. Um, and adjust your haunt accordingly to account for the issues that you run into as you start running and go, oh, this is not working. And honestly, that was one of the fun things about being able to do every single weekend in October because we had the first two nights. Okay, all of a sudden I've got data on how people are interacting with the 
display. And I can make adjustments to the display to make it uh, more effective. And every weekend I was tweaking. I am a tweaker. I never will stop <laughs> adding stuff. Tweaker. Indeed. <laughs> Damn it, John. <laughs> Damn it, John. But anyway, so I will never stop, stop adding stuff. And every weekend gave me a fresh opportunity to correct the issues that I saw the previous weekend and make the show a little bit better this season so it doesn't have to wait for till next season i am innovating on the fly and getting immediate feedback on how things are working and again when you're if you're running um you know a professional haunt or again a regular home haunt you do this and you 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 know what we're talking about you know you, anytime if you've ever done a show hey this isn't working tonight okay <laughs> oh okay our flash pot was way overloaded and we just lit the scenery on fire Good to know. Let's not do that again. Use less paper um, so you don't set the orchestra on fire. I only did that once. Yeah, well, I thought I was left the scenery on fire, but I was not the one filling the flash pot, so that was not my fault. Indeed. You just pushed the button. I just pushed the button. <laughs> and then I hear there's fire, and I start freaking out because, oh my god, no, I pushed it, and then I turned it off. It should not be light on fire still. Right. Stupid Cinderella. Fairy god the flash pot. <laughs> Anywho... <laughs> Better than the time I almost looked backstage on fire by trying to put Christmas lights some wires back together. Yeah, so quick side story. We had a little extra flash powder that we needed to get rid of. And so what like uh, you can't dispose of flash powder, it's extremely flammable, so we're like, well let's just burn it off. So we took it up on the roof and it was just a little bit windy that day. And so we <laughs> couldn't get it to light. And so my buddy gets down really close to it and he lights a napkin on fire to uh, just get a bigger flame. And so he holds that next to the thing. And, you know, flash powder. It went up so fast, it ended up scalding second-degree burns all over the side of his hand. So, lesson learned, don't get that close to flash powder. Yeah, it, it is, again, highly it's flammable. It's fire. <laughs> and it flares up really quickly. It makes a great effect. But there's definitely some hazards attached to it. Indeed. Indeed. Thankfully, the nurses did not ask too many questions. How much did you have to pay him to do that? Oh, they're military nurses. My question stands. They don't care enough to ask questions. Oh, see, I'd be doing <laughs> especially for shit like that. I'd be asking so many questions because you know you'd be asking questions. You'd be asking questions because you want to do it too. Don't don't you even try to play innocent on this. I'm totally innocent. <laughs> I just want to know so I can properly make fun of you the next time you come in with shit burned up. That's fair. That's fair. So <laughs> that was our 2020. Oh, well, I, there was one more thing I want to talk about last year. So we had super turnout every single weekend of Halloween right up until or every single weekend of October right up to Halloween. Halloween was such a disappointment. And I knew going into Halloween that it was going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be absolutely freaking crazy or it was going to be absolutely dead. And I had no idea which way it was going to go. I had planned for it to be absolutely freaking crazy just in case, but it ended up being freaking dead. We still got like, I think 75 people came through, um, mostly adults, which surprised me. There were, I don't know, a dozen trick-or-treaters in that. 
but I but I found that absolutely fascinating. It seemed like for the most part the trick or treaters wanted to trick or treat in their own neighborhoods. Get it? I totally get it. It makes perfect sense to me. But it's something I think we need to plan for next year. Mm-hmm. I anticipate a similar um, clientele on Halloween. We had a lot more adults. If we had had a walkthrough, we would have had something more for them to to enjoy on Halloween. And I think that we could probably tailor it a little more toward older, you know, teenagers and adults as opposed to trick-or-treaters because of that. Yeah, that definitely gives us a lot of um, awareness and flexibility to be like, okay, 90% of our 2021, you know, whatever we do, whether it's a walkthrough or a drive-by, you know, 90% of it, we're going to keep it pretty, pretty pg you know, as it goes. But mm-hmm. if, if for Halloween kids want to get in as many houses as they can, your neighborhood is not super house not dense. Not good for that, yeah. You know, we're going to get adults, so we can absolutely kick it up a level and scare the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into this, I think we should take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors. And then I would like to come back and talk about what we will be doing next year. So hold on to your seats. We will be right back. Alrighty, and hopefully you enjoyed that, those words from our sponsors, and we are back to it. Uh, let's start talking about kind of initial impressions and ideas to start tossing around for next year, because let's face it, we've got, what, 50 weeks left? 356 days. I found that really interesting just because the five and six had switched, so it, it stuck with me this morning when I noticed. There you go. We're we're running out of time, so let's start talking 2021. (laughs) Well, before we do, let's take a quick look at what October 2021 looks like. So, pulling up the calendar, we have Halloween happening on what day? A Sunday. Sunday. Although, I... Daylight savings this time? It is not daylight... I don't know where daylight savings falls. It might... Mm -hmm. Actually, that's an interesting question. Uh, I've got a calendar that should tell me. Give me two secs. Okay, you check that out. But in the meantime, this is because it's on a Sunday, we still have five weekends in October. So October 1st Ooh. is a Friday, and October 31st is a Sunday. I think that gives us an interesting opportunity. We were very successful with our drive-by haunt food drive this year. I think we should expand it. Expand in which direction? Multiple more days for the weekend? Well, partially. So I still like the idea of doing, of having something available for people to come by and see Friday and every Friday and Saturday. That gives us five weekends where we can have people come by, donate food, and appreciate our haunt. But that last weekend, because Halloween is on Sunday, we have a hell of an opportunity to open our haunted house Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and do a three-day haunted house. Ooh, November 7th. Okay, so it's the following. So no daylight savings time happening here, and there's not going to be a full moon like we had in 2020. <sighs> Too bad. 
But it looks like nobody lit the black flame candle. Nobody lit the black flame candle. We are all still here. But with five weekends, I think we have a pretty good opportunity here in 2021. Yeah. So what I think we should do is plan for a walkthrough, a three-day walkthrough haunt on the 29th, 30th, and 31st. And at the same time, set up our set, uh, set up the drive-by that will be available all month long while we are building. I think that's a good way to drive interest. Generate, yes, but that that's a big. It's it's driving interest. Exactly, it's, exactly. We are bringing people in every single weekend, and they are seeing what we're doing, and they are see, getting more and more excited, wanting to come for the big opening night, Friday the 29th. And because it's not Halloween. They're not going to be torn between trick-or-treating or coming to see us. They can still come see us on Friday and Saturday and then go trick-or-treating on Sunday. So we're getting the word out all month long. We're giving lots of opportunities for people to tell their friends, hey, you need to go check out this house. And then at the end of the month is our is the when it's huge. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great way to to do that. I think that's going to be awesome. I think, I think so too. And we have a lot of uh, – we have a lot of time where we can – I think we can put this together. But more than that, I see an opportunity for us to expand the brand Sanguine Creek Estates as well. So I'm based in Maryland. Les and John are based in Colorado. Les just bought a house this last year. And what we built this year is very, very repeatable. We have a video that we can send anywhere. All we have to do is get a projector and a place to project it, and we can put the same show that we had here in Maryland in your yard for a fraction of cost. Yeah, and, and I think that's being able to set up the Colorado annex of Sanguine Creek Estates, as it were, is going to do a couple of different things. One, it is going to help build the brand Two, since ultimately your goal is to get back here to turn this professional, we're already starting it here as well. Um, so we're not necessarily walking into it completely blind once once we do get to that point in, in, a, in a handful of years. Um, and additionally, we can be using Sanguine Creek Estates to support two communities. Exactly. The community in Maryland and then obviously the community here in Denver so coordinating with our local food bank or potentially switching it up and doing with um, local animal shelter uh, there or, you know, we can also try to coordinate it where each weekend is with a different organization. Ooh, that's an interesting idea. Or, you know, two organizations, two weekends with one, three weekends with another. Again, using using this, you know, everybody's love of Halloween to support our local communities. And I love the idea. And I think it'd be a lot of fun to be able to uh, really kind of drive uh, what we're doing in two locations in two different capacities. The way my house is set up, it's actually really, really easy to do a drive-by haunt because um, my neighborhood is essentially one big circle and I live on one of the front edges of it. Nice. So really easy to get get to, really easy to direct traffic, just go around the circle. Yeah. Nice yeah. simple. So let's talk let's talk tasks real quick. What do we need to accomplish in the next year to make this happen? 
So a lot of it, I think, is just getting... Um, well, I would say, let's back up and take a look at the Haunting You method for a second. Yes. So, define our goals. I think we already have defined our goals. We want to expand our brand. We want to support our local community and in as many di- local communities as possible. We want, we've ID'd our audience. We know we are mostly targeting trick-or-treaters, although I think there's some potential to, uh, to up the scares for more mature audiences as well. My neighborhood definitely focuses High on the trick-or-treaters. High on the trick-or-treaters and high on the younger trick-or-treaters. Super, um, my na- my neighborhood is is definitely little kids, so it might even be a case of re-recording the stories and making them a little bit more child friendly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, we know our theme. We're working off our asylum theme uh, that will ultimately go into a zombie apocalypse theme as well, uh, and we've created the backstory for that as well. Well, in fact, that was one of our main goals for. Sanguine Creek Estates this year, but using those four ghost stories to help illustrate the backstory of the estate itself. Which, again, uh, with how we've written it, will feed in with a heck of a lot of uh, foreshadowing and references. That exactly. Was really kind of the, the point of what I was trying to do was set it up to have a, a level of continuity while also allowing us, you know, when we, when we want to change themes or, or try something new, we already have four eras to play with. Right. Right. So budgeting, well, let's. I'm going to skip over that one for now. Uh, and marketing, we already talked a bit about how our marketing was successful this year, and I think we can expand on that for next year as well. Yeah, and, and a lot of what we, we talked about for what we did for marketing this year would translate very, very well to trying to get people to come in, you know, a little bit less reliance on signage uh, just because of where I'm located. Mm-hmm. Definitely have a lot of potential, although I do have to – coordinate with my HOA. Ooh. In theory, Challenge. I'm allowed to have decorations up for uh, the month of October, so you can have decorations up for the month of the holiday. However, how that works, the drive-by stories would definitely need to be shorter, just in terms of appeasing neighbors. Well, I think we could do that by... So I had all four of our stories, you know, one after the other. I think we could break it up so that we have individual two-minute stories that are showing uh, at times that are broken up by other animations. So um, I think that would encourage people to move along more quickly. Okay, yeah. And again, with rewriting it for kids, um, there's definitely some potential to, to shorten those up a bit as well. Or I could, I mean, there's nothing that says I can't, create four new characters that are associated with these four time periods and write stories for them either. Also true. So sticking with the planning phase, uh, we're going to take a look at, we need to build a budget. Mm-hmm. We need to establish our budget. We need to uh, design the layout of yep. the annex. We need Which to be- coordinate with the HOA. Yep. And I think we need to ID some potential uh, partnerships in the Denver area. Yep, I know one definitely Dumb Friends League, um, and I know there's a handful of food banks. Uh, food Bank of the Rockies, I believe, is yeah, one. Yeah, that, that's the one I volunteered at when I was in high school. Um, and then there's also a number of other organizations. I have to look back through my Alpha Phi Omega experience 
because there was a number of organizations that we worked with and but volunteered with that I'm sure are looking. I mean, everybody's looking for assistance right now, and I'm sure next year is going to be no different, especially headed into the holiday season. Um, Indeed. Catch those donations and get those donation kicks started before everybody thinks Thanksgiving and goes, oh, I guess we should. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So I think that's that's our immediate task for the planning phase. For production, we need to build a scene. Mm-hmm. And we can talk in another episode about what that's going to look like. But we need to build the scene. We need to... Uh, actually, I'm going to add that to planning phase. We need to... Oh, that's the annex layout. Got it. So we need to build the actual scene. We need to put together the animations. Mm-hmm. We need to purchase the uh, hardware. And that, that there I'm thinking like the projectors, the uh, FM transmitter. And we can use basically the same stuff we have here. Uh, we just need to find more of it. Uh, and then, of course, we need to actually do the setup and such, but that's all way far out. And definitely need it to be some level of self-management, since the hope is, is that I come out to help run the initial, with potentially Alan coming out and joining me, having it be able to either run remote or be kind of a push-button mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, start or stop. Uh, so we need... Uh, Remote management, for lack of a better word. Yep, and that that's optional because that's going to depend on whether or not um, Alan comes out and joins joins us for uh, Sanguine Creek, Maine, um, and what we do with that. So there's some some flexibility there, but definitely something to look into and and see how easy it would be for it to manage, or whether I just call my friend and say, "Hey, stop by at X time, <laughs> click the button, and call it good," and yeah. you know, hang out, play with the cat for two hours before you shut it off at nine exactly cool okay so i think we have our our task list for the next couple of months yep the other thing i wanted to talk about real quick is uh in an effort to continue building our brand here in maryland i kind of want to do a christmas show i mean you always do a christmas show but we <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that you want this to be more, not necessarily a haunt Christmas show, but a Christmas show that Sangman Creek Estates decorates for Christmas. And and that's kind of where where I wanted to go. We built a pretty good following uh, on our social media for or around Halloween. We have 130, 140 followers uh, from the Maryland area who are paying attention to what Sanguine Creek Estates is doing now. And I think we could expand that if we do a Christmas display as well. That would help us build up the brand some more. It would get us more followers on social media, and it would give us a larger target to get our message to for next year. So I see all kinds of pluses, mm-hmm. and the only minus is... I would have to put in the same work that I'm going to be doing anyway, because let's be honest, I'm going to put up Christmas lights. They're going to be animated. (laughs) And the only thing I'm doing differently is advertising it under the Sanguine Creek Estates heading. Do you see any risk in turning off our Halloween followers by embracing Christmas? (laughs) I mean... What do you think, listeners? Tell us on our social media. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> I don't 
necessarily see it as a risk, mainly because the yes, I know among the haunted industry there's the Halloweenies and then there's the Halloweenies who hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed and and there's quite a you know there, there's always the people who are like oh christmas krampus getting so up bent out of shape about you know all of us people you know transitioning our love of halloween utilizing that for christmas i think for people who are following us in a more general capacity i don't see that embracing Christmas is necessarily going to be a turnoff to them. I, I, I generally agree and, with and, you. and I think because we're setting it up and, you know, maybe I don't know how easy it would be for you to like set the crypt up again, just, just, just the, the, the facade and decorate that with lights. Oh my um, gosh, that would be funny. I didn't even think about that as a possibility, but oh my gosh, that would be funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is, you know, we, we are really trying to treat this as sanguine creatures. Creek Estates is a legitimate thing, so why not decorate Sanguine Creek Estates? For <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. If we decided, you know, again you know, later on, why don't we run a Christmas haunt at Sanguine Creek Estates? We, we've already established that you know, Sanguine Creek Estates doesn't just exist from October first to October thirty first. It, it, that that's not you know that's that's not who we are that's that's not what we want to do with this we really do want this you know especially as we look forward in terms of turning SCE pro in 10 years 11 years i don't see a problem with doing holiday thematics as we go i i really I, I think i think it'd be a lot of fun and again i see no problem with christmas lights on gravestones <laughs> fair enough fair enough so i think yeah so i am going to start putting together the lighting show and i'm not totally sure how i'm going to do that yet but stay tuned check out our podcast as we continue through uh the month of november and into december and you will see uh how we intend to accomplish this because I don't know what it is yet. We'll have to figure it out using the haunting you methodology. Exactly. So come with us on this journey. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully we can all learn some things together from the uh, from our mishaps that happened this year. Yes, and with no John, Christmas will be slightly more twisted because he won't be there to shame me from being weird. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so I think we are at a pretty good wrapping place. What do you think? I think so. Honestly, for we, we <laughs> for having to change all of our plans pretty last minute in terms of what we were going to do, say 2020 pandemic aside, turned out pretty damn decent with what we were able to accomplish, both in terms of the haunt and in terms of being able to give back to the community. And I'm really looking forward to 2021, both in terms of building out SCE Maine and uh, starting up the SCE Annex. Indeed. I have to echo Spencer Terry for a moment. Thank you, COVID, because you have forced us to innovate in ways that we never considered a possibility at the start. And I think it is turning into something kind of cool. 
that would not have come about otherwise. And I'm really excited with where we're going. So if you want to keep following and seeing where we go with this, definitely check out our social media at facebook.com slash haunting you. That's where you can find all of the updates, the behind the scenes of how we are running the haunt. And of course, your favorite podcast as well. Okay, probably not your favorite podcast. It's not even my favorite podcast. But anyway, haunting you. Uh, you can find the updates there. If you want to follow The Haunt, that is facebook.com slash SCE Haunt. That's Sanguine Creek Estates, SCE Haunt. Uh, you can find that there. Definitely check out our Twitter. It's probably going to be a little bit quiet for a bit while John gets used to being a father. Unless mm-hmm. Leslie decides she wants to learn how to do, uh, she wants to learn how to tweet. Oh, we do not need me tweeting. Indeed, indeed. It's so, going to be more like me twitting, and that <laughs> never ends well for anybody. I leave the social media to these guys because they tolerate human humanity better than I do. <laughs> that is a true statement. But follow us on Twitter at HauntingUniver1. Follow us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash HauntingU. Hopefully we'll have some really cool pictures of, of the Christmas setup over the next month or two. And, of course, if you want to find other episodes of Haunting You, if you want to uh, learn more about the Haunting You method, definitely check out episodes... 2 through 10, give or take, where we really do a deep dive into the Haunting You method. And you can find that at uh, our host, hauntingyou.podbean.com, or Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Podcasts, or Pandora Podcasts, or Stitcher, or Twitch, or I don't even, I've lost track of all the places that people are listening to us. Really, Pretty any- much wherever you get your podcasts, uh, with the exception of iHeartRadio, because they are too damn expensive <laughs> for us, you will be able to find us. At Indeed. bare minimum, Google is your friend. Google is your friend. Google Haunting You and you will find us. But definitely go check out other episodes and share it with your friends so that they can also share in all of the fun that is building your own home haunt. Yes, and if you would like to uh, find other ways to support our shenanigans, our Redbubble page for Haunting You and for Sanguine Creek Estates is a great way to get swag with our logos on it. And you can find the link to our Redbubble page through our Podbean page. Exactly, exactly. And it is also linked in every single one of our podcast episodes as well. So if you just check the description, you will find a link to our Redbubble page there. Yes. And for our podcasts, um, like, subscribe, click all those lovely buttons that give us feedback and demographics. And rate us. Love to get some ratings. Uh, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. What do you miss? We miss John too. So definitely, you know, make sure to tell him that you miss him. And uh, we really do, you know, feedback that we get. We do take it to heart. And you know, if it is something that we can change and we can do better, um, we we're all for it. We really are trying to make this as much for you all as it is for us to. Be us. That is true. And on that note, we are continuing to try to find partners who will offer cool discounts to all of our listeners. There are three up on our website right now. Atmos FX, Spectral Illusions, and MLCD Graphic Design are all offering discounts. So if you uh, are looking for cool graphics, if you're looking for cool animations, definitely go check out hauntingyou.podbean.com under the Promotions tab. And you can see who we have uh, promotions with at any given time. Yep. And again, as as we continue to grow, as, as you guys continue to listen... We're going to keep expanding those and expanding what we can offer you, our listeners, as a thank you to you for 
listening to us and and giving us feedback and making us a, a better podcasters and better haunters. Exactly, exactly. Anything else, Les? I think that covers it. I have a very, very cute cat. Well, you should go cuddle said cute cat. Everyone else, go find your own things to cuddle, even if it's charcoal skulls. More <laughs> to follow on that at a later episode. Uh, but from all of us here at Haunting You, congratulations on surviving the haunt season. Pack up, uh, get your get your stuff put away properly so it's ready to go next year, and let's start looking ahead to the future again. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, indeed. This will be out right before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving Aha! to all Today. of our listeners in the United States. And uh, if you saw, are we late for Canada yet? Yeah, Canada was in October. Okay, yeah, we're late for Canada again. Exactly. Sorry, Canada. We Sorry, Canada. <laughs> but happy. If you, have, if, if you have not received your uh, Canadian support or your uh, emotional support, Canadian emotional support, Canadian. <laughs> be sure to ask your your local office for it indeed indeed but anyways from all of us here at haunting you happy thanksgiving and happy haunting bye everybody <laughs> it's not quite the same as without john no no it's really not it's okay we'll survive we will haunting you is a production of the rocky mountain home haunters llc all audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com. <laughs>